Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy, and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everybody. Before we dive into the episode today, I have a quick announcement. I will be running my program, Unapologetic, again this fall, starting in September, ending in December. And I wanted to send an invitation out to you to see if this is something that you'd be interested in doing. It's a three-month program that supports you in having a radical shift in your self-expression in your relationships. So if you feel like you're challenged in asking for what you want or saying no and setting boundaries or being vulnerable and saying how you feel instead of being defensive or withdrawing and you have a deep desire to be more unapologetic and feel more comfortable living your truth and saying how you feel without people pleasing or worrying about what are people gonna think or whether people will judge you, then this program will really support you. I am just blown away by the transformation of the women in the container now and how much they step into having those hard conversations in their relationships, in their lives, from women telling their partners what they want in sex to women telling their bosses what they need at work Some are even having really tough conversations with their parents, but most of all, just giving themselves the approval to be themselves and to put themselves first because we're just so used to thinking about everybody else before ourselves. So if anything that I just mentioned resonates and turns you on, then you can find me on Instagram at Tanai Milgram and send me a DM. Let me know that you've heard me on the podcast and you're interested in learning more about the program. It's three months, starts in September, and I would love to have you. What's up, everyone? Today is a very special episode because I'm interviewing a client for the very first time. Casey is a woman that I started supporting over a year ago, and I've just watched her grow into a woman who just is a yes to life and allows herself to have continuously more and more. And when I met her, she was kind of nearing the end of a relationship that wasn't really serving her. And she was also struggling just with like understanding her emotions and really finding her power in the ups and downs and and feeling lost. And yeah, through the work, I've just seen her gain her power back and come back to her real essence, which is just such a loving, free spirit that inspires other women to do the same. So that's why I picked her to be my first client that I interview on here because she's just embodies the work so beautifully and she feels like a kindred spirit to me because we're, we're very much similar in that sense that we're like different free spirits that are just all about love and don't let fear get in the way that we can acknowledge fear but 
we still, you know, go for it and we challenge ourselves and we're very coachable. And in the end of the day, we always see how it's always working out for us and everything's going to be okay. It really felt like when Casey started working with me, that was all in her. And I just gave her the mirror and approval for her to live life that way. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know her and hear her wisdom and some of the tools that she uses in her relationship around honoring her needs and desires and dealing with triggers. Hello, everybody. Today's a very special episode because it's my first time interviewing a client, Casey Rothberg. I've been supporting her now for, I don't even know how long, almost a year. Over a year. Over a year, really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you're right. Over a year. Wow. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, Casey and I met each other in one of our coaches program called Pleasure Mastery. Yeah, it's it's led by Amy and Ellie and it's this three or four month program and there were these little pod groups and Casey, Casey was in my pod so that's how we met. And then she took my program Fully Self Express and then she came on the um, Undaughtering Retreat. Now she's going to be part of the Unapologetic program. So yeah, it's just been such an honor to watch her grow. Um, all this time. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Tanai. Thank you for having me. So why don't you tell the audience who you are? Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, what you're committed to in your life. So my name is Casey. I love that question. What am I committed to in my life? And the easy answer, the short answer is love. (sighs) So yeah, I'm committed to continuing to open my heart and my body to more and more love and life for life to flow through me. Yeah, I work with people. I work with kids, teens, and adults, anyone that comes to me (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, right now, what that looks like is I am coaching kids soccer, and that's two to 10 years old, and it's really just a platform for me to educate and to spread love and to create a space for kids to show up and celebrate each other and support each other and be kind to each other. And I take every opportunity that comes up to, I address things and teach about kindness and the things that I've learned in life. And I share that with the kids. And that's been really beautiful. And then I work with private clients. I have some teens, some young 20s. Right now I have up to 60 years old. And I teach, um, right now I'm teaching a lot of English and a little bit of Spanish, but mostly English. (laughs) And a lot of my students, they're women who live in the States and have been living here for a while and are fluent in English. There's many levels of fluency, but they're very fluent and proficient. And so I help them. I create a space really for people. I create a space for them to talk and teach linguistics and pronunciation. And I help a lot of them get more respect in the workplace, for example. And some of them change careers and basically do the things. They have so much experience in their country and education and everything. And because of some biases that we have here in the States based on language or accent, maybe they're not living 
their full, full dreams. So I help them help them with that and love themselves and see themselves and improve their English along the way. Wow, so beautiful. And I can just so see how even with your guidance and guidance and present and presence, they would feel that because I know from what I have seen in you, you're, I don't know, you, you love lifting yourself up and lifting others up. It's very clear. And from the very first time that I met you, you weren't afraid to just share what's on your mind and, and share what's alive for you. And I'm curious, actually, if that was always the case your whole life, have you always been that way? Have I always been this way? I mean, I've changed so much and evolved so much and growing literally every day. Hmm. I was definitely born a free spirit for sure. But now I would say I feel so free and that, and this is what I feel actually with the work with you in your containers is that it's like everything on the inside. Like I feel so much, I've always felt so much creativity and joy and just so much love and gratitude and so many things on the inside. And I would say more and more, I am able to express those and let them flow out to become external and um, to come into the physical. But I was always definitely, I was born a free spirit and always had this passion for life of like traveling all over the world and learning new languages and new things and yeah, doing things out of the box for sure. Getting out of my comfort zone. I used to say that a lot about living out of my comfort zone. And now I would say that's, that's definitely changed. And I love being comfortable now. Maybe it's gotten more comfortable. My, my comfort zone has expanded a lot. Maybe, I don't know. I haven't thought of that before, but that's what's coming up right now. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think comfort zones definitely get a lot of bad rep, you know, because it's like, get out of your comfort zone, do the thing that yeah, that's yeah, un- unknown to you. But then the comfort zone definitely gets a bad rep. And sometimes it is nice to be comfortable. And it's almost like this is reminding me this conversation of doing this work. It's really about becoming more of ourselves, you know. And so I feel like, yeah, I've always been this way, you know. But but the context almost has changed of like before, maybe that get out of my comfort zone. It was more like a pushing or, um, yeah, just thinking about it now. Um, well, what I'm hearing is like doing this work, you become more of yourself, which means that you're more comfortable because you're just allowing what is, right? Like, oh, it's just easier for you to to say what you like and to pursue what you want because it's fully aligned with your truth. Totally. Whereas before, maybe a lot of it, especially as um, a young person and teen and young adult, a lot of it was more out of rebellion and I'm going to do that. Whatever's crazy, I'm going to do that. Whatever is the most wild or whatever is out of societal norms type of thing. I was very much a rebel. And now it's, more tuning into my body and my intuition and whatever feels good I love that whatever feels good and living with more ease and grace you mentioned such a good point which is like as teens doing what we want is rebellious whereas now it's like doing what you want it's just what's like aligned with you and what's 
your intuition and what feels good. Yeah, that's it's interesting. I never really thought about it that way. When Me neither. All part of the conversation. So when we met, you were in such a different relationship than you're at now. I would love to hear like who you were towards the end of that relationship when we spoke and you were, you know, deciding to leave it. And yeah, what's changed since? Like why, who were you then that, that was different? Yeah, life feels so different now in terms of my romantic relationship and partnership. Yeah, it's really like night and day, the differences. I would say when we first met, when I was going through all of that, I was very focused on my partner and my partner's needs. Also, I remember I was going through feeling a lot of guilt, a ton of guilt. And you really helped me with that when you told me that I'm not doing anything wrong. And so simple, but so profound. Why did you think you were doing anything wrong? Because with my last relationship, at that time, towards the end, he was going through a lot of depression. And I was putting my, I was putting his needs and health before my own and feeling so guilty. Yeah. Feeling like it was, I was doing something wrong by choosing myself, by choosing happiness, by being my fullest expression and being free and following my heart and my path. I definitely felt, yeah, I felt very, I wasn't choosing, I wasn't following my desires and my path and just anything that, you know, would light me up because of the fear. Oh, it was so heavy, the fear of judgment from my partner, you know, just yeah, really putting so much value on his thoughts and his judgments and his his story, you know. There was that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm I'm like as you're sharing it, I'm 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 being brought back to that. And yeah, I remember mm. what you were sharing. And one more thing I can share about that, and this has been coming up for me a lot recently, and even even since Pleasure Mastering in the past year. You know, some things are just a process and we need to be patient with ourselves and gentle and kind. And something I notice about myself is that I struggle a lot with endings and with completions, especially when there's so much love and so much beauty. And I even feel so much emotion coming up through me right now. Uh, when there's beautiful memories and I feel so much and I, I love, and I love to love. So yeah, I've noticed that that's a big challenge I face of like letting go and completing things when, you know, before they served me so well and were in alignment, you know, and were my truth. And then whether it's a relationship or, a lot of energy going into a community or a job, anything, a situation, any type of thing in life, living in a place. And yeah, it's, it's really hard for me to let go. And I, a lot of times 
you know, we'll, we'll try to stay and stay and stay in and like avoid that inner knowing. And that's what you really helped me tap into was my inner knowing of what's in alignment. Yeah. And so that's something that, that I've been noticing and will be something I'm working on moving forward. Yeah. I'd love to hear like how, how do you support yourself through that knowing that endings are are so difficult for you and like what suggestions would you have for others who have the same experience? Mm, Great question. And I, I can't answer that with what I went through in that situation with my last relationship. And that was really so simply tuning in to my heart and tuning into myself and my inner knowing. And what I experienced was, you know, my mind had so many reasons of why I should stay. And but whenever I would think, so the decision was to stay in the relationship or to leave it, right? And it wasn't easy um, because I had and still have and will forever have so much love for this person. But when I tuned into staying, my body, I mean, I just would cry and cry and cry and cry. And that was my body's <laughs> sign of what I came to know. Like, I would just cry. And when I tuned into leaving the relationship, and completing it, I was still, my body was so calm. There was just like this blanket of stillness settling over me. And of course, in my mind, there was so much fear because it was so unknown. And I had just moved across the country from New York to California when I moved here, only knowing this one person. And everything was tied together, my living situation, I wasn't, I didn't have much of an an income at this point. And all of my friends in, in San Diego were tied in with him. And so my mind had a million and one fears, but my body, it was the only way that my body was calm and still. And I stopped, I literally, that's how I knew. And this is what I told you, like, whoa, I noticed when I tune into completing this relationship in an instant, I stopped crying. And so, Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm just so hearing, you know, the process of listening to your body and, and, it, and I love that you mentioned how there's the fear, you know, and the fear was speaking one thing, but then there is no denying of what your body knew. And it was a really difficult process the next couple months, but I used the tools that I had learned around completing a relationship. And that was very helpful with so much love. And on the other end, oh, and I have this other tool that I can share (laughs) that helped me a lot. I have a couple stuffed animals and I have one stuffed animal. It's a little rhino. And when I was a little girl, I had imaginary friend rhino and it was one of my favorite animals. I was such a nerd and I would research everything about all the different types of rhinos and which ones were in danger and which ones were extinct and where they lived and what their head looked like in their horns, etc. And so my little rhino, his name is Muffin, and he, to me, represents my inner child. And so going through all that darkness of being that first month apart because we physically separated we had it on zero communication for a whole month. Anytime that sadness would overcome me, 
I would just go lay in my bed and hold my muffin, (laughs) my inner child, and just give love to my, my inner child externally to my rhino and cuddle my rhino. And I still cuddle my stuffed animals all the time. And my partner now, Chris, laughs at me. (laughs) And people think I'm so silly and crazy. And I love them. And it's such a helpful tool for me. It might just sound like just hugging a stuffed toy, but really there's something very somatic about that experience because it's, you know, it's the hugging, it's the holding, like your body interprets that and and relaxes, you know, it's, it's a very quick way of, of creating a lot of ease in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can relate my therapist, you know, when I first started doing inner childhood, she would have me hold a pillow and hug the pillow. So mm. a lot of, you know, your, your, your practice is actually very wise. It's not a silly <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then I remember after this breakup and you had, yeah, like a a tough time, you weren't kind of settled in your own place, right? You were kind of having temporary situations because you also weren't, Mm -hmm. but what I noticed is that you were always such a yes to life and yourself and you just always had a lot of trust. If, If we were to like read your mind during that time, like what, what, what kind of things we, would you tell yourself? Or what kind of things helped you have that trust that everything was going to be okay? Well, first I can say I have this mantra that I learned from a mentor, which is, what is it? <laughs> well, it's okay. It's okay to be okay. And it's okay to not be okay. And so what in, in this community called Seeds of Light, that I'm a part of, and I love everyone in there. Um, what the mantra we use is, I am okay, even when I'm not okay. And some version of that I use. And also, this actually reminds me of kind of where I was going with what I was saying before, of at the end of the darkness and the dark tunnel and all of that, there was so much light. And I would literally, so a practice that I had to support myself was to just do simple things out in nature that bring me pleasure and joy. And so I gave myself that space. I gave myself so much space to heal. And I would, in that space, I would feel so much happiness and overwhelming amounts of joy coming through me. And so in that time, I literally remember I would just put headphones in and go skip and dance down the sidewalks and through the streets. And it could be mid-afternoon, morning, or late at night. And I would just sing out loud, dance. I There's this I would skip down to the cliffs. Um, It's called Sunset Cliffs. And I lived nearby to there. And it's these beautiful, gorgeous cliffs right over the ocean. And there's this one big space. And I would just go there and dance my heart out. And so that was also a time for me of learning to just express myself and not care 
that people were watching or could see me. And also reminding myself that everyone's mostly worried about themselves and thinking about themselves. And they're probably not even judging me. And even if they are, then okay. And for the most part, they're probably, I just thought if I saw someone with their headphones in by themselves just dancing in the middle of the day, I would feel so inspired. And so I guess those types of conversations with myself. So I would dance and sing and skip. I would go swimming in the ocean. I started learning how to surf. And anyone that's been out in the middle of the ocean on a surfboard knows just, you don't even have to surf. You can just sit there and your biochemistry changes. It's so peaceful. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, definitely. And I'm just hearing a lot of just the values that you shared in the beginning, you know, which is like you, you just love to tap into love and spread love and share love. And, and it sounds like you very much spent that time tapping in that within yourself and then exuding it out into the world. Mm, yeah, I would also pray. And I remember that too, praying to, I feel very connected with the moon and to the ocean here and to nature and to my highest self. And that was helpful too. And just talking, talking with my higher self and nature. And also I do have a practice of singing to the ocean. And so just going for those walks and just letting it come through. Yeah. So you're, you have a very spiritual side of you like you have a lot of spirit spiritual practices like that that i i see like connected to yourself and to kind of the bigger picture of your life i can so relate to that very much always seeing the grand scheme of things and very like always thanking god for what's happening in that moment because i see how that's gonna that that like plays into something in my life and that's the answer for whatever i asked for in my prayers Right. Like I remember years ago when I asked to open my heart and so it just kept breaking, you know, and it was like, yes, I see how it's like that quote by Rumi, like you have to keep breaking your heart open until it's fully open or something like that. But I so saw that I'm like, mm -hmm. I asked for this, like my heart is breaking and it will continue to break until it opens so big that I let more love in. Mm, totally. Yeah. I so believe in that. And one other practice that I do want to share for anyone listening is leaning on community because now that we're talking about this, I'm remembering that was a huge piece for me, opening up with sisters that I was doing programs with and with friends, opening up with them and also playing music with them and yeah, sharing my heart and sharing my experiences with friends, family co-workers even oh my gosh yeah anyone I because I needed a lot of support in that time like a lot and so literally yeah even co-workers even customers because at this time I was working a few days a week in a kombucha and coffee shop yeah I remember when you met and yeah and so yeah just opening my heart and sharing with the people around me was so helpful yeah, thank you for naming that because there's so many women, even in the communities that we're in, that 
have such a hard time opening up and, and allowing themselves to receive, you know, allowing themselves to take up space, to be held, to be supported. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned how important that was for you in order to get through that. Because it's like, when you follow your truth and you follow you know, the, what you feel is right for you, it's not always easy. People always ask, you know, like even on, you were there at the workshop when, when one of the women was like, but then what if everything falls apart if I follow my truth? And it's like, well, that's what community's for. Because we're not meant to go through this human experience alone. We're meant to lean on each other and, and open up to each other and, and get that support to get, get us through the hard times, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now I see it as letting ourselves have the community and letting ourselves have the support. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to go through it together. It's way easier. Yeah. Way more, way more ease. Exactly. So much more ease. <laughs> Stop torturing yourselves, people. Like, you could have it so much easier if you just totally allow yourself to be, yeah, supported. Totally. And that's that brings it around full circle, I feel, to the first question of, you know, well, I don't know if you asked this question, <laughs> but answer it. Yep. <laughs> tapping into when we were when we were talking about tapping into the intuition of in a decision, you know, instead of figuring it out with our mind, but tapping into what's aligned, you know, if it's a yes or a no or a go or whatever the decision is. Yeah. So I can see how before I would stay in the struggle and stay there in the torture the emotions and the my heart just tearing apart like over and over and over and this I can see this in many many times in my life so yeah now for me it's a practice of tuning in and following what my intuition is telling me sooner rather than later, you know, because the later, the more we wait, then just the more we stay in the torture or stay in the misalignment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When we can be experiencing like more freedom and, and love and feelings of really just like well-being, simple as that. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it is well-being. Your body, your body does change when you're in that, yeah, different state. So it is even like a health thing. I'm curious, yeah. misalignments, you know, some something that we that we covered a lot in fully self-express is triggers and conflicts with other people. And, and we we even covered that a little bit on undaughtering because it was, you know, stuff with parents. And I'd love to hear how you you personally work through triggers and you know, when they come up in your relationships with your family or friends or partner. Um, what's your relationship with, with getting triggered? Hmm. Well, first I love the way you framed that question because I actually have this quote by you that you said one day (laughs) that I love and I share with people and it blows people's minds, seriously. And it was something like, it's not about the thing. It's about our relationship with the thing, something like that. And so I love this concept of how we're literally in relationship in relationship with life and with people and with things and with 
concepts or whatever. So like, I like this way you form you framed it of my relationship with triggers. Yeah. So what is my relationship with triggers? I would say this is something, of course, that I'm continuously working on. And so I would say my intention and desire around this is to, when I feel triggered, to first breathe and breathe and come back to a state of, what's the word, like balance, you know, within my body and my energy space. And yeah, just like get still and breathe through it. Or maybe that requires me to go walk the pier, which is right outside of my house or go watch the waves, you know, or go for a swim, just put my feet on the ground, you know, and yeah, come restore my state of balance internally. And then something else would be from there to raise my vibration, whether that be, you know, through meditating or working out and stretching or anything that'll, you know, raise my vibration and my awareness up out of like, like get outside of the trigger, you know, instead of being in it so I can observe it. And yeah, expanding my awareness to observe the trigger. And then, yeah, like with my partner, Mel, for example, opening my heart and sharing what's coming up for for me and my feelings and whether that be fears or sadness or anger, usually it's fear, I would say, for me, like underneath all of it. They're like for triggers. Any any in particular? Any fears, particular yeah. fears? What are some common fears? Yeah, fe- like I would say f- the fear of abandonment for sure. Fear of being alone. Yeah, with, in relationship, the fear of being cheated on. What does that provide for you or for you guys when you do share those fears, when you do make them, when you expose them and you let him in on, on what's going on with you? It definitely helps us to get connected and so that he can, from there, yeah, this is a hard question. Well, it's funny. I like your, your answer is so profound though. I, I don't know if you realize like the fact that you get triggered and then you take time to reflect and think about the fear behind that. And then you share that like, wow, I wish, I wish people knew that, that that is like the vulnerable piece there, that that's the truth, you know, because we can often go to like, this is what you're doing that's bothering me, or this is what you're doing that's wrong, or I don't know, just a lot of like, Naming the problem, trying to find the solution. And all you're doing is naming your fears. I can give you an example that's coming up, a real life example of something that came up between Chris and I recently. So his work just gave him the opportunity to basically, they they are leasing him a new car for three years. So he had the opportunity to get a new car. They're paying for gas, for the car, for insurance, like all the costs. And so he just got a new car. My car is my first car I ever owned. I bought it when I moved out to San Diego about a year and a half ago. And it cost me $600. It's a 2001 Chevy Cavalier. It leaks oil all over the place. And 
it runs and it totally works beyond what people like people are like how is that thing still running but it's been very reliable for me but who knows for how much longer right and so chris offered very just for him like very like yeah have so it's like for him we're a family right so he's getting this new car and he wanted to give me his old car which is 2005 honda crv and is expected to last many more years it's better than my way better than my car it doesn't leak so much oil <laughs> and it fits a surfboard so he offered me his car and is like okay and then we'll get rid of your car you know we'll take your car off the road and basically it took me a long time to figure out what was going on for me what was like why was this triggering me so much why was this so uncomfortable for me and we ended up having a conversation well i opened the conversation with him and he's amazing and so willing and so so loving and open to all the conversations that i bring to him and what came up even surprised me of deep down what all the fears were about this and what it was is that i live with him in his well it's our apartment now but he's been living here for many years and everything's in his name of the apartment and i pay him some of the rent and but he takes care of all of that and so then with the car the the car that i had i fully bought totally in my name it's 100% mine and it really saved me in a lot of situations when i just needed to escape like one time i just got up and drove to arizona and it was like the only it's like the only thing like home and shelter that's mine especially out here in San Diego where i don't have any family and i'm pretty new here and so what i realized was the fear is like okay so you're giving me this car it was like all this generosity this beautiful apartment that we live in and now you're giving me this car but it's all in your name so what if what if things don't work out or we break up or like something you know awful happens where to be extremely dramatic i walk in to our apartment and well he brought this up if he walked into the apartment and i was like fucking some other guy in our bed oh. and he was like of course this it was it was such an amazing conversation because so much came up that we were like whoa like for us as it's coming out of us we're noticing it and seeing it for the first time consciously and he's like of course this home is yours and i would never no matter what i would never just kick you out except if i walked in and you were fucking some other guy in the bed then yeah you're out of here <laughs> and <laughs> and i was like whoa that felt so terrible for my system and i was like well hold on a second let's turn that scenario around what if i walk in and you're fucking some other woman in our bed then guess what also i'm out of here now i don't have a home i don't have a car and it's like i'm like i can't just kick you out of this apartment so why can you just kick me out of the apartment you know and it's very dramatic because it brings up like this like really really deep fear of like being cheated on you know in our own bed <laughs> which i love how open you guys like were about this and realistic you know these are conversations most people avoid having so i just think it's beautiful thank you yeah and so how our relationship is is that we really feel so aligned and we 
we feel so good together and we feel like we we expect to be together for the rest of our life you know until someone dies I guess so we also have so much trust and our relationship feels so healthy that that is like very 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 unlikely to happen yet it's still a fear you know that 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 is human I think like I'm hearing a lot of awareness in you that in the end everything is an extension of you like even your fear is just you and so what I hear in this and what I always see you do is like you're you're kind of like excavating within yourself you know what I always see you do first off is like you sit in your emotion like you never ask someone to save you you're just like I just need to be witnessed here's what I'm feeling and you let yourself like really sit and sink and like rest in that emotion and like open you know it's like i think about the best orgasms i've ever had where it's like slow and it just keeps opening and opening and opening and i'm just like you know like (laughs) i feel like you have emotion orgasms where like you just fully let yourself unravel in them and and you're not trying to save yourself you're just you're just kind of in the in the ocean of it there's so much wisdom even in you just saying I just share my fear because that's where it all stems from. It's just the fear, which is so counterintuitive for people because if you're in conflict, you want to defend yourself. You want to protect. You want to make sure you're safe. And what you're doing is revealing yourself, like showing your weak points, showing your vulnerability, showing the spot to your partner where you're, you're letting them know, like, this is my weakness. You could burn me here and I'll die. And like, that's what you're revealing to him. Mm. Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, there's so much that I can respond to there. But totally, I feel that we're here to experience, experience life and experience what we're experiencing and all the emotions. And yeah, so to wrap up that story, I realized that for me, it was this deep fear of instability and not having you know my basic needs of a roof over my head and a car to get around to get away to get to work to then you know make money and support myself and so and I I can see that you know because I I literally have been there of like in those ocean scenarios that we're talking about before I was jumping between like staying with friends, staying in houses for like two months at a time. And that instability that is so just rocks my system and is so just does not feel good on my nervous system. And so what came up, it was, it was that. And so it was like, you know, underneath all this, what do I need? I need the car to be in my name. And I need also to pay to give some sort of exchange and pay some amount for this car so that I can feel like it's mine. And so this has still has been continuing to unravel. And we basically made this agreement. And Chris ended up having to put down $1,500 to get the car he wanted, which was 1500 more than he was planning on. So we made the agreement that for the next 10 months, I will pay him $150 a month for this car. However, then we get into the nitty gritty of, and I don't know that didn't know this stuff of like, 
if we put the car in my name, then I'm going to have to pay like 400 more dollars of taxes and yada, yada. Anywho, now as it continues to unfold, what I'm realizing is that there's, there's coming from fear and then there's coming from love, you know? And it was so important for me. What I realized the most important thing was just for my fear to be witnessed, to just express it and for him to witness my fear. And that conversation that we had was really what I needed. And post that, I feel I now could totally receive this car as a gift. Uh And also feeling that it's all an illusion and these material things, like it's whether the car is in my name or not, like it's just like a security blanket and it's not really real. Right. And like you'll yeah. freedom if things happen, whatever, however they happen. Yeah. If that all happened, I would find a place to live and I would find a car and I have so much support and I have my family and friends and everything. And I trust. <laughs> and so, yeah, in the end, for now, it's going to stay in his name to not have to go through the legal process and pay hundreds of dollars that I would rather spend on something like your next program. (laughs) And I am going to pay the 1500 because I feel, you know, maybe there's a reason and maybe that's what feels good right now. And this whole situation is, um, is revealing to me how the importance is for my fear to be witnessed. And then I can choose to come from that space of love and from that higher awareness. And it's revealing to me how I have more room to continue to open my heart to receive and to receive people's gifts and generosity. That was so beautiful. And I just think it's like, I, I feel what a, what a beautiful ending even to, to this episode that is just such an embodiment of who you are. Yeah, I just, I really wanna wanna reflect back like how you took out the monster out of the closet, right? And like the monster came out and then the monster was not a monster at all. Just another, another fear to like let out of your system for you to open, to be more open to love and more open to abundance. Mm. <sighs> well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing some of your gifts with everybody listening. It was such a pleasure to have you. Any any last words that you want to that you want to share? Mm, you are so welcome and thank you so much for having me. It feels amazing to tell this part of my story and to share with everybody listening. My last words for now. Mm, I don't have any. I feel so complete. Yeah. Just that I love you. Mm, I love you. <laughs> I have, like, no idea where this conversation was going. And I'm, it's just, it's so special to be able to hand the mic over to you, you know, and hear your story and what goes on when I don't see you on Zoom, you know? Yeah, it's great to have like a fuller picture of who you are. Cause what I see is like, if you, if you're listening and you don't know Casey, she's a huge expander for people because of, like the love that she ex- exudes and the approval that she has for herself and 
you know, I remember one call, one call in, in the group program she was in last, she took it while showering. Um, <laughs> really on sharing and, and it was like, actually, I think it was a call where we were all, um, giving reflections to each other and you were getting ready for, yep. I think maybe you yep. were getting ready for a date and she was in the shower and like all these women who, you know, it wasn't a group of women that had a lot of approval for their bodies. They were just like, wow, Casey, like, thank you so much for always like showing that extra self-expression that helps us lean into that a little more. And it was the same at the retreat, you know, you were in your, in your like wild expression and your sensuality. And I just want to share, like, keep doing that, you know, keep being that, that light for others, um, triggering them and expanding them and inspiring them to step fully, more fully into themselves. Mm, thank you so much tonight. Alrighty, if you want to reach out to Casey or have any questions, she doesn't have Instagram, but <laughs> but I do have a phone. She has a phone and you can find her in San Diego and you can reach out to her for classes, for English classes and um, soccer, soccer classes as well, right? Yeah, or just to chat, to meet up. Yeah, just throw my phone number out there since I don't have social media. <laughs> it's eight four five three nine two two zero four nine. You can text me, call me, WhatsApp. I do have WhatsApp. Amazing. Yeah. Hey you, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Commitment Phobe. If you like what you heard, make sure to share with your friends, your lovers, your ex-lovers, anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one. And it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on iTunes to make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible and we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. If you want to find out more information about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on, you can find my information in the bio of this episode or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram and shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.